Last time on the Encourageable Party. In need of refuge, Shakara pushes on beneath the streets of Drakal, finding familiar tunnels and some familiar faces. Meanwhile, Falzard and Mia escape the magma flow in the Niyogi tunnels, sending Shakara a message of warning, urging her and Shaf to flee the doomed city and to finally regroup outside of Zexa. Now let's get back to the adventure. We must get out of the city. But I cannot keep up. I can... I can get us out. And I will start to change and turn blue and elongate and turn into the serpent and get very big. And then I will bend down and allow Grimby and Hulsa to climb on. You are you you are not in possession of either eye currently. So yes, and, and very much like the kind of vision you had, right? The the peak, the sneak peek at what you can become. Yeah, you start to grow long and you become like a gargantuan size. So again, on a battle map, you would take up like a 20 by 20 foot area. But you're like longer than 20 feet, right? Like you're this kind of winding, real like thick serpentine body with that with the dragon's head, right? And just kind of shimmering blue scales right down in your whole length. And Grimby and Halsa like are clearly obviously taken aback at, at your form. Hey, uh, Shakara, what, what, what be this? It is a new ability given to me. I can get us out of here quickly. Climb on. Hey, uh, <laughs> if you say so. And Halsa is kind of tentative herself, right? But you know, she still they both trust you and. They will, so Halsa will like kind of basically be right behind your head and Grimby will attempt to be kind of further down on your form to still keep Halsa at least out of the radius of, of the eye. So in this form, so you can, I don't believe we haven't talked about any kind of your stats on Mike, but we don't need to go through everything until they come up, but you can change into this form a number of times equal to your proficiency modifier per long rest and can, I mean, you can remain in this form indefinitely once you've changed. It does take, it takes a conscious effort from you to revert to and from this form. So even if you were reduced to zero hit points, unlike a polymorphed form, like you'll remain in this form until, like I said, until you purposefully change out of it. Now changing, the change incurs a level of exhaustion. So you now have three levels of exhaustion, just immediate from changing. Yay. Every eight hours you remain in this form, you incur one level of exhaustion. But you do have some immunities in this form. You're immune to necrotic damage and the effects of the exhaustion conditions, which doesn't mean you negate gaining exhaustion, obviously. It's just while transformed, you could, I mean, you could have six levels of exhaustion. You could have a deadly level number of exhaustions, and you would not be dead in this form because you're immune to the the effects of these exhaustion levels. Obviously, if you were to reach that many, once you reverted, you would be dead. <laughs> and that's dead dead, right? That's not... That's that's outright dead, yeah. Six level exhaustion yeah, no, is no reviving. outright death, 
Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, barring any rev reviving revival magics, there's uh, there's no, like, yeah, you you could still be subject to, like, I don't see why why a revivify wouldn't bring you back. But the problem is you'd still have six levels of exhaustion. I guess that is kind of more like a permadeath, isn't it? Because you how do you get rid of that without? Yeah, you'd have to take a long rest while dead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and as you you can probably infer by the way the or the time frame in which you gain levels of exhaustion, even if you transformed with no levels, you'd have one from the transformation. And you, if you were to long rest in this form, an eight-hour long rest to get rid of a level, but you would still gain another level, so they kind of balances out, right? So mm -hmm. that's kind of how it works, and. You also have a, a movement speed of 50 feet and a fly speed of 50 feet. So when you come into contact again with the eye, you will need to make a constitution saving throw for being affected by its radius because you were out of it before. Since Grimsy's on my back and he's holding it. Right. That is a 17. Uh, a 17 is a fail. <laughs> yes. Because it is DC 18. So uh, that then, what does that put you at now? Four levels of exhaustion? Uh, with the change, yes. That is now four. <laughs> <laughs> My hit point maximum has halved. Oh, no. So now, okay, well, yes. And again, once you reverted, assuming you take no more levels, your hit points are reduced by half. You now have disadvantage on attacks, saving throws, and ability checks, and your movement is halved now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Cara. Yeah, this is. <laughs> That's not. Good. I might not make it to the Izzy fight. <laughs> oh no. But we're going to get out of your call, damn it, no matter what. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and like, you've already seen kind of the, the panic start to set in uh, in the streets, right? As they're, they're beginning to fill up with more, more people. I mean, predominantly here where you are, it's like the partiers, right? That have moved in to the district and now it flooded back in. So it's less of like people being awoken and uh, you know, like uh, from from sleeping from the booms of the of the volcan uh, the the volcanic eruptions and the the raining debris from the explosions, uh, which again has stopped. But now like uh, kind of like a replacing the debris is now like bits of ash just floating down, just starting to blanket the city. But you you now have uh, Grimby and Halsa aboard the uh, Dendara train. Woo-woo! <laughs> 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 and in this form, you you retain all of your mental stats. Uh, there, you, Obviously, your strength, dex, and con have changed a little bit. You retain all of your, your proficiencies, and you can speak and understand every language that you could in your normal form. I will take off into the air and try and fly up over high enough over the wall and try and get out of the city in a direct shot towards the caves as I can. Unless that takes, that would take me farther away from the mountain, right? That's not like putting me in path of the mountain. No, so you're, you would be flying in a, a southeast, southeasterly direction. Uh, and, and because you can fly, you can kind of go as the, as the crow flies. As the serpent flies. As the serpent, as the serpent mother flies. You don't even need to make it to the east gate and then walk, right? You could just go like you say, up and out. And like those people in the street, as your form kind of slinks and, and glides out of the alley, up and out into the air, 
there's you know you you hear like gas and, and people are all clear, clearly taken aback at, at seeing this form in addition to everything else that's going on and i mean you can you can move at a quickened pace if you want this flying speed like that's going to be incredibly fast for you yeah so essentially dashing right yeah, well, it's kind of going to be more of like an overland travel pace, right? So, so you're going to take uh, the penalty to passive perception as as you're traveling at this this fast pace, but already like you're almost already flying twice as fast as you would be at a normal pace without that penalty. So that's again going to be up to you whether or not that's what you want to do. Yes, I want to get out of the city as fast as possible. Out of the city is you know really quick to to fly out. I mean, you're out in under an hour before you hit the 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 you know the city's walls outer walls and as you are flying right you're seeing the airships now still there they got like the the lighthouse revolving huge lamps on their decks but they're starting to transport people out of the city and you can see them flying towards what you know the spot where the the paladin tower is is set up it seems to be that's like this this point in which they're evacuating people as that tower is, you know, it is it is east of the mountains and still east of the city, but it's still pretty close to the base of the range. But it certainly would be out of the path by the looks of it anyways, especially now. I don't know how high you want to f actually fly up, but if you want to go, you know, a few hundred feet into the air, you're going to get this really good view of actually what's kind of going on in, in the range too, right? Much better than what you, what you had, at, at, you know, ground level in the city. Yeah, I will go up high just so I could see see the mountain and see if I can tell what's going on over there. And you just, yeah, you, you can see the, the, the rivers uh, of lava kind of flowing out of the tops of each of the three peaks is going to be the main source. And it does, again, it looks like it moving very quickly. And the city of Dracal is like directly in its path as it's moving southward inland. But you see like even around kind of the eastern side, it's this huge red-orange glow now. The, the light that the the flow is, is casting, right, is just kind of illuminating everything around the base of the mountains. And you can see, like, sparse collections of, of people moving from where you knew where the new front line was. Like, it's clear that there's people marching down from that little, one of the smaller peaks, again, towards, like, where the tower, where they had the tower was and where the old front line was. And amongst the, the torchlight of the activity, you see a pulsing blue. Uh, you know, you're a number of miles away, so it is kind of this uh, smallish, like almost like a, you know, a little, little bigger than a pin prick of light, but it is pulsing in time with the eye in the bag that Grimby currently holds. So that's the kind of the activity that you're seeing. Um, obviously, like it doesn't look like it looks kind of frantic and, uh, and it's n not organized clearly. Like there's just it's like trying to put a Band-Aid on, on, you know, on a on a gash <laughs> kind of thing. Well, the lava may take care of our cultist problem. So the plan is you just want a straight shot. I mean, you you have like about eight hours of travel in this form before you would have to take another level of exhaustion. With seven more checks for being close to the eyes. For both you and Grimby, yes. So we've flown for an hour and we're just outside the city. 
little under. So you're you're approaching another check in the in the proximity of the eye. I think we'll go for one more hour and see what happens, and that will decide what I do next. The next check will decide what happens, because if I fail again. <laughs> All right, then both you and Grimby can make uh, another save here. Ooh, Grimby gets the 18 that he needs. I got an 18. Wow, okay, okay. Just. <laughs> okay, so we are now two hours out, and it's another six to the cave? Uh, I would say, yeah, at your, like, your quick fly speed, you could get there in, like, under 10 hours. I think we'll, um, so now that we're basically quote unquote out of danger, we'll slow down a little bit so I can just look around and see if I see Shaft or Mia or Falsey. And I would think at this point it'd probably be unlikely, but just see if I notice anything on the ground from where we are. Give me a perception. Eight. (laughs) So I assume as you, you know, you're trying to spot... Uh, uh, from the kind of elevated position, you're going to come down a little lower than where you were, right? As you were trying to figure out what's going on in the mountains. And yeah, d- beneath you now, you're, you're like soaring over like kind of that, that arid landscape, uh, more kind of desert-like to, to very little to zero vegetation uh, in this area. And you know, that, that stretches on for about like 20 to 30 miles before you would hit kind of the, the hilly terrain that surrounds uh, Zexa. So immediately claim around you, um, and even with your extended dark vision, you don't see signs of, of really, really anybody. Definitely not Mia or Falzern or, or Shaft. I would say also, like, from... You you knew that Shaft was at least going to Kepley's, which is farther into the city uh, than, than you were, right? Even at the Pussycat Palace. Like, it, it's pretty clear... He's behind me. Right, somewhere. you have the head start. Like, you're ahead. And probably ahead of Mia and Falsey, as far as I'm aware, because I saw the people coming down from the new front line, so I assume they're probably back there somewhere. So I think we'll push on another hour. So kind of at your quickened pace in your flight, like you're you're moving like six miles an hour, uh, basically. That's you're you're covering a, a lot, of like really quick terrain here in in your form. Oh, Grimby, easy gets a twenty-four. Oh. I rolled a 20. Oh. I got a 26. <laughs> All right. Okay. There, this is like Russian roulette. Right? <laughs> like, goodness. Chicago. Oh, my goodness. Emily, come on. I think uh, I'll look around, make sure I don't see anything. I'll come down lower, look around, see if there's any creatures, anything that could be considered an enemy, whether or not it's safe, and I'll try and land. Okay. Uh, give me another perception. 18. You've been flying enough where the that terrain is now starting tr- to transition into to the hills, right? Uh, which is more kind of even just what you're walking on is more turning into like grass and kind of like field type of terrain rather than like hard packed and dry dirt uh, of kind of the the more arid landscape. I mean, immediately around you, you there's no sign of of any other creatures. Uh, it doesn't seem like there are even any real tracks there's definitely like no animal tracks around you you know when you're kind of near vicinity that you're you've kind of landed around so it seems like you're you're alone I mean, the three of you are out here by yourselves okay i'll take us down and let them get off so i'll like get low to the ground so they can get off and revert back to shikara because you know you start to to shrink rapidly it, it, it is something to to witness right but grimby and 
Hulse's eyes kind of wide as you, I, I would say it, it looks, it looks incredibly unnatural as you just shrink and then compact and like from this kind of squat and squished serpent body, your limbs start to poke out right suddenly as, as you take the, take your normal form, uh, your hex blood form. Once you're reverted, the exhaustion just racks your entire body from the, the effects that you've suffered from the change and now the exposure to the eyes, just everything hits you all at once like, like a freight train. I will uh, attempt to stand up and go down to a knee. We are... we're safe. Halsa, help me. And Halsa's right, right by your side as she, you know, puts one of your arms around her shoulder and gets you to your feet. We have some distance to cover still. Gesture to Halsa to let me sit down and I'll start to cast Fine Steed to call Buttercup. Ten minutes later, Buttercup appears. I need... I need rest. What time of day is it? Like you're you're now it's like three nearing four in the morning now. Pretty close to daybreak. Oh, and what is around us? So immediately you're you're a, you're basically at the the beginning of the foothills essentially. Uh, and now I'd say you probably you could guesstimate you have another like twelve to fifteen miles uh, of walking to get to uh, the caves. Can I sleep on Buttercup? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> ah. Like, even if I'm slung over top of her, like, sideways? <laughs> it's not going to be very restful. <laughs> <laughs> I will... Okay, here's the thing. I'll let you... If you want to attempt to put together some type of sled in which a person could lie on and be dragged behind Buttercup, uh, you and, like, collectively Grimby and Halsa can try to take the time and, and like, forage for the materials that you might need. Uh, you, you can take extra time to do that if you want. We must keep moving, but I am in no condition. Buttercup could pull me if we could create some kind of sled. I, uh, <laughs> that sounds like a good idea, but uh, I can give it a go. I think it's worth it. Well, uh, <laughs> I guess let's see what's in this bag here, huh? And Grim, I mean, Grim is going to look for rope is what he's going to start, right? So he's able to okay. pull out a length of rope from, from Shaft's bag of holding. He kind of regards it for a second and you see him like start to make, quickly like make a series of knots right along the length of this, of this rope. And he's sitting there for about, you know, 20 minutes or so doing some like these sailor's knots right along, along this rope. And then eventually he kind of takes one end about, you know, 20 feet of the, this 50 foot length. And he starts to kind of weave it in back and forth between these these knots that he's kind of put a loop on the end. And he makes like this, almost like a net. It's about a, as close a thing as, as he can get to. Now, is there something that maybe you want to like search for as you've seen what he's, he's essentially making, like I said, like a net, but it's going to be as flimsy as a net, as, you know, as malleable as a net would be. So is there something that maybe you want to look for or a, a attempt to help him in what he's doing. Like, you've seen what now he's doing, at least. I don't know, can I, like, hack some of the twigs off of one of the bushes and, like, just to give the net a little more structure? All right, give me a survival check <laughs> at disadvantage. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is a 15. Pretty good with disadvantage. Okay, yeah, you're able to essentially just, like, tear apart an entire 
bush, right? Like right from its, its stem in the ground where it's thickest, almost like you're just ripping it right out of the ground as Hulsa's gonna, Hulsa can help you like pick off, you know, leaves and like basically de-leaf uh, some of the, the most sturdy sections of it. And, you know, you can like split down the middle of the, the thickest stem where it would hit the ground to bisect it, come away with like one flat edge where you've cut it in half and then, you know, the rounded of, of the stem itself like these kind of semi-circular like lengths of almost like skis, right? As you bring them over to Grimby and he'll he'll try to incorporate it into the either, you know, both left and right edges of this net that he's put together. And you see that, you know, he's able to kind of pull, pull it taut between the, these two lengths. It definitely adds some stability to it. So it looks like it's about as good as you think it's going to get. <laughs> we can give this a try. And... If it is not good enough, we can think of something else later. Hang the bag on Buttercup. She can carry the eyes for a while. My, uh... If you say so, dear Shikara. Yeah, Grimby kind of has to walk into the light again, pick up the bag. Well, put it on Buttercup. So both Buttercup and Grimby will have to make another constitution saving throw. Grimby gets a 24. Oh, Buttercup has a plus one to con. For a total of four. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, this poor Buttercup, you can hear Buttercup, you know, soft nays as she's exposed to this light. But Grimby will latch the the bag onto Buttercup's saddle. And he and Halsa, you know, step back from, from the horse. And, you know, the, the structure will get also attached to, to Buttercup. And you can, you can lay down in it if you want. I am sorry, Buttercup, but I need you. To carry this load and me for us for a while. And then I will go lay down on it and try and get comfortable as much as I can. And like in addition, like you can lay, you know, find another bush and, and put like boughs with actual leaves still on them, right? As kind of this bedding. So it's not like you through the gaps in the rope dragging on on the ground, right? So, <laughs> so you can kind of make your yourself comfortable and... What uh, you know at the at the bottom of of the the netting, you can kind of like loop your boots into almost like stirrups at the bottom, right? One of the loops of the, of the rope, right, to kind of keep you in the the structure itself. Also, and Grimby will just be walking kind of behind a little bit behind you, off to off to you know the right of you, again keeping out of out of the aura and subjecting now only Buttercup to it. So, you want to attempt to go to sleep? <laughs> Yep, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am going to attempt to take a nap, a very nice long nap. Okay, so you want a you want a long rest. So I will say, uh, so you're the t the twelve miles. Like you'll you would get, assuming at a normal pace, you're moving like three miles, three miles an hour. So it's going to take you less than a long rest worth to get to. The cave. I would think Buttercup would be moving a little bit slower just as to not like jostle me as much as possible. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you the normal pace because, you know, I mean, you're still traveling with, with Grimby and Hulsa at, the, at their pace, right? So, uh, yeah, you can you can take the normal pace for now, assuming Buttercup passes her next save because mm -hmm. that will reduce her walking speed as well. Mm hmm. Yep. Try and go as, as far as we can go and try and, and sleep on the way there. It's like when you fall asleep in the car. <laughs> okay, Buttercup, give me give me a constitution saving throw. Seventeen. 
Unfortunately, not nope. enough. <laughs> no. Like an hour passes and you are able to, to drift uh, off to sleep, right? And with Grimby and Halsa kind of trudging cr- trudging behind. But suddenly like you're 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 awoken by like a kind of a jolting as like Buttercup almost comes to like a stop suddenly as she's affected by by the light, right? And then she begins to move forward again at half speed. So now you're no longer traveling at a normal pace. Mm-hmm. In fact, you're no better off if you are now just walking on your own, other than you being able to to remain rested. So, <laughs> what's what what do you think? You know, Grimmy Grimmy almost like instinctively moves towards Buttercup, right? And then as as Buttercup lurches, but then kind of holds off to stay himself out of out of the light. This is what we must do for now. She will be fine. It'll be all. Okay. And I will go back to sleep. Another hour and Buttercup. Let's go. <laughs> oh my goodness. She's going to uh, walk herself to death, isn't she? 20. Okay. All right. So obviously <laughs> at, a, at a much reduced speed now. And I was going to... The reduction in speed, again, assuming you can keep up now, like moving at half pace, you're now only doing like a mile and a half an hour. So that's going to kind of change the the formula of when that you're going to get in a long rest before you hit the caves. Again, assuming Buttercup is okay. So it's just going to we're just we need more, we're just going to have a series of Constitution saving throws here. So let's go. Let's do another hour. Give, give me another one. Seventeen again. Okay. Unfortunately, that's <laughs> oh, now geez. three three for Buttercup. So I assume she jolts again with this next fail. Um, you're not not enough to to wake you up. I mean, because again, for 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 Buttercup now, Buttercup's saving throws and attacks are at disadvantage. So now her Constitution saving throws against the effects of the eye are going to be a disadvantage. So okay, I mean, if you're if you're continuing to move forward, let's let's do another one. If it wasn't enough to wake me up, uh, then yeah, we're going to we're going to keep going with disadvantage. Disadvantage and a <laughs> plus one on con. Oh no! Oh wow! Seven. Oh Buttercup. Buttercup, Buttercup. <laughs> and now again, Buttercup's hit points. I think she only has 17 or something, right? As a warhorse, are reduced to half. Which again kind of takes similar to the reduction in movement, it, it takes like a, a, a physical toll, right? That's something that you can more easily quantify as being physical, you know, rather than, oh, disadvantage on saving throws. Well, what what does that mean as far as like equating it to to you know roleplay? But Another, yes, another lurch. And this time, this fourth hour now passes and Buttercup, is, like, she's reduced to, to, like, she falls, right? She falters and reduced to, like, the knees of her front legs. Uh, and, and again, you are now, again, woken up and jostled as you've come to a complete stop. And, you know, you wake up and you see Buttercup struggling as she gets back to her feet. What do I see around us, like terrain-wise? Now you are full into into the foothills here, as you've you've traveled uh, another six or so miles uh, with the reduced speed, and it's just similar landscape. There's certainly more like vegetation around you now, uh, but other than that, again, you're you're. It seems like you're alone. I don't know if you want to try to do a perception check around you to look for tracks or, or anything like that. That's going to be up to you. I more want to look for a campsite. Just see if it's, if this would be a good place to 
stay for the for the rest of the, my long rest. Sure. Give me give me that perception. Twelve. As far as you can tell, like I said, there there's no there's no like signs of of, of real life around here. Um, minimal to no animal tracks. Doesn't look like there's any human tracks. It's like this. Clearly, you're, you're obviously not on a road. You do know there is a road that runs like north south between Zexa and Altenchik, but you're still a number of miles from that. Probably like a dozen miles from from that road from where you are, and that would even just be kind of northeast for you to get to it or directly east from your your position so to you you probably think this is as good a place as any how far are we from the cave you are now at your current pace you're you're probably another three or four hours from the cave i think we should stop here a while let buttercup rest granby can you take the eyes off her and put them a distance away i should i i'll be grabbing them he gets uh, a 23, so he's okay from the effects as he sets them like 30 feet away from the group. How are you feeling? Oh, I uh, I could be due for a bit of a rest myself. Uh, and Holsa's kind of nodding as well. Then we shall stay here for a few hours. And I roll over and go right back to sleep. <laughs> Okay, and uh, Grimby and Halsa will will settle down to take a quick breather of themselves. Obviously, I assume you're not going to stay here for the full A. What do you, do you want to just be here for like the rest of your long rest? Because you've got another four hours for your long rest. Yeah, for the rest of my long rest. So you do get the rest of your your long rest, and uh, Grimby yeah. Grimby and Halsa. I mean, they could technically, I suppose, get a short rest, but it's not going to do them any any benefit as they're. They weren't in any type of combat. They clearly weren't wounded at all. So, I mean, they're going to get four hours of rest, but if it's interrupted for the rest of the travel to the cave, it's kind of not going to matter for them, unfortunately. How are you feeling now? Can you continue? I, uh, how much further? Several hours yet. If we need to push it, uh, there, Shikara, we, I can do it. And Hulsa, again, uh, affirms. If we were to... How sturdy is a bag of holding? Can we drag it behind Buttercup? Like, can we put it on the makeshift sled? But, like, if it needs to be even farther back so that I can ride Buttercup and have it still be 15 feet back? Yeah, you can You can definitely try. Let's, instead of one of us carrying the eyes, attach it to the sled and drag it behind us. And I can ride Buttercup. Aye, that's, that's a fine idea there, Shikara. Uh, okay, uh, you st- stand back and I'll, I'll be grabbing it. 22 again for Grimby. Ooh, he's rolling great. <laughs> Good job, Grimby. <laughs> and he will, yeah, kind of fast uh, fashions the, the, the bag of holding on to uh, the makeshift sled, which, like, as you get off of it, off of it, uh, it it's looking in disrepair, and that's being generous. Like, it, it's clearly being dragged, right? Almost dra- being dragged apart. But the bag of holding itself will, on top of it, will not be dragged on the ground, right? Which could potentially cause a tear in it, which would potentially cause a tear into the astral plane, which could not, which would be bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's avoid that. <laughs> now everybody, nobody's subjected to, to the eyes and still at the, the half pace, not making it very, very far, but the, the next, you know, four, five hours pass and 
you you make it to this Zexa cave that it's uh, I mean you only know of its location because it has a portal right I don't think Shagar has ever actually been here if I if I recall correctly and I mean as you as you approach like you see still like re- like rubble remains outside of the entrance which you can you can make out like bits like a like a rock kind of like claw and sections of like gargoyle face you know from from uh, the battle that happened out here forever ago now the 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 cave opening itself is is kind of masked by uh, by some shrubbery but you are able to walk in okay oh we will walk in uh, does buttercup fit in the cave but you could you can get buttercup in there yeah the, the cave's like a 10 by 10 opening or so okay so once inside the cave we would not be able to avoid the eyes the room itself is large enough to be able to place the bag into a corner and still be away from it. Like that's not, that, that won't be a problem. Granby, would you move the eyes over, away from us? Twenty-two again, Grimby. Okay, so he he's gonna put them in the leftmost corner, which is the the portal itself. Right as you walk in, you see. I mean, the first thing that hits you is the stench of decaying flesh, as there are still body parts here that have you know decayed weeks of decay and just like black clouds of flies that you stir as you trot you know buttercup trots in and and the the, the insects that have feasted on on these cadaver parts you know are upset and scurry away at, at your presence there's like overturned tables uh, the portal itself was barricaded by Gozer, right? Uh, so there's still tables and, and weapon racks pushed against this the the stone wall with this wood frame around it, right? And, and then the stone in between the sections of frame. So Grimby, like on the left, to the left of that would be the side where Grimby has placed placed the bag. What has happened here? <laughs> I uh <laughs> looks like a fight or something. What a mess. What do we do now? Mia said she and Falzrin would meet us here. And I told Shaft as well. So, we wait? This is not a great place, though. Well, Grimby kind of just, like, sighs even before your sentence is finished and just, like, collapses on the ground, closes his eyes. I, uh, <laughs> it'd be as fine a place as any. And then he kind of like almost immediately soft snores from Grimby. Halsa, <laughs> <laughs> you rest. I will watch. And Halsa will will settle down next next to Grimby. So she kind of like tilts a head onto Grimby's shoulder, and Buttercup as well. Kind of the horse kind of collapses again to the ground herself <laughs> to to try to rest. Uh, and like by now. The makeshift sled is just like splinters, like the ropes frayed, and it's just like apart now in pieces. I will go over to Buttercup and and rub her face. You did well, my friend. I thank you. Can I make some kind of alert system so that when if somebody comes to the uh, entrance of the cave, I want to make a gozer trap. <laughs> okay. In the room itself, uh, you know, there, there was a, a well, long burnt out uh, fire pit in, in the middle. 
still some tables that haven't been pushed against uh, the portal, and there's uh, a, an arrangement of like discarded weaponry. How large is the opening to the cave? Uh, Ten feet wide. And it so as you walk in, it kind of zigs, and then like you have the, you would like turn left and then back right around a corner. So it's not like if you're at the opening, it's not a straight shot for you looking in, right? You kind of there's a bit of cover, and uh, you have to creep, uh, you know, twenty feet in before you kind of really see into the main chamber. How gross are the body parts? Uh, the like the the flesh has, has started to putrefy, and you see that they're gooey. Uh, there are, you know, significant chunks missing from some of the limbs, and you can, like, see bone from where the predation from scavengers and insects, like, they look disgusting. Can I get enough pieces to mostly assemble three corpses? <laughs> uh, I would say you could you could get... Uh, give me a survival. Okay, give me a survival check here. Let's see how many, how many pieces are there. Ha! I rolled a one. That's a six. <laughs> there, a lot of them are just like almost indistinguishable. The the amount of decay and again predation on even like some torsos, it's really difficult to to actually make out what the parts are. Now there are certainly are a number of hands lying around, <laughs> some of which you can see like arrow wounds and weapon wounds in them, but like severed hands are like everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it just says choose a pile of bones or a corpse. So technically that would be kind of a pile of bones, so it wouldn't like make a, a really a humanoid looking <laughs> thing, but just a, like an amalgamation of, of bonage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to animate dead and I want to have, I mean, if I can only get one creature out of this pile, that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to say that you are able to, like, through your magic, like, you get two. You get two, like, they're, like, half zombie, half skeleton, like, decayed, you know, ribs poking out some of the torsos. Uh, none of them have hands. <laughs> <laughs> but it really, as they, they assemble and the magic almost, like, knits and stitches flesh, putrefied flesh back together and some of the... The coagulated uh, liquid uh, of like, rendered fat and, and tissue and blood seemingly sinewing these decayed body parts together. They stand up and you get two of them. They look more just like flesh mounds than, any, than anything. I mean, <laughs> even the, the huskies seem like they're in better shape than these things. <laughs> <laughs> Not my best work, you will do. <laughs> what do you want to do with them? Point to one, I say, watch the entrance, alert us if anyone approaches. And the other one, please clean out the rest of this mess. <laughs> Drag it to the front. And then I will go join the cuddle puddle with Grimby and Halsa. Mia, you do receive a response from Shakara. We will do our best to meet at the caves. Falzerin, Shakara replied, they're, they're going to try to meet at the caves, I guess. So let's go to the tower and warn them what's coming and just keep going. Sure, I, I, I like that plan. I, I would like to put as much distance between us and, and this eruption as we can. She said we. That's, I mean, that's good, right? Maybe Shaft's with her? Well, one can hope. Let's keep going. 
So it seems that the the paladins, like they're they're already on the move, uh, basically vacating this new front line here on on the side of this kind of minor peak. The generals they're traveling with the remainder of Cultus's personal guard, uh, with of course the comatose Samuel himself, and you know his armor is still pulsing like a 15 foot radius of blue light. It seems like his guards are they're staying around them, but clearly each are have been equipped with with a, a protective cube uh, against the light, which is certainly benefiting them as they are escorting Samuel. The generals themselves are you know about 20 feet back, staying out of out of its radius, but you can kind of see it just pulsing, moving down the mountain, kind of uh, ahead of the two of you and uh, Thuftimar. So towards the tower then. Yeah, I think going to the tower still makes sense to sort of, like, explain what's going on, um, help them with their planning if there's enough time, and sort of just ensuring as many people that can, like, escape do. As you are progressing with the very few, very small number of paladins left, you can see in kind of the, the dark above the city, there's, like, rotating bright lights uh, like kind of like rot rotating like a, a lighthouse uh, and you see there actually are oversized like bullseye lanterns uh, that kind of funnel the light into kind of these this searchlight-esque apparatus on the decks of the airships they're moving it looks like they're moving from the city limits to the tower and you can kind of you just watching these lights moving back and forth uh, in in kind of the the dark above the city, you know, as the as ashes started to fall from the eruptions. But in addition to them, a few miles further, probably by just, you know, loose judgment of the distance, but a very small source of blue light is visible again against the dark of the night, nearly being blocked out by the falling ash, which is starting to, to fall very heavily uh, like snowfall. But it too is pulsing in time, it seems, with the way Samuel's armor is pulsing. And that light itself is also like a few hundred feet above the surface, like uh, up kind of in the same height uh, of which the airships are funneling people back and forth. And does it look like it's moving or is it stationary? It too looks like it is moving. Falzern, do you see that? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. What? in the world like is that shikara shikara and i just like call up to see if it's the eyes <laughs> i mean obviously it's far away but is it east of us so as though it would be east of drew call coming toward drew call or toward the mountains or uh it is definitely it's probably from where you are uh southeast of you and it does seem like it is moving in that direction it's moving away from us correct Falzern, get on the broom. Go see what that is. Almard, would you like to come with? I think I'd like to stay on the ground, Falzern. Come on, if you're scared to go alone, I'll go with you. Uh, Falzern kind of like looks up and down. Mia, her... It's moving! Hurry! Her very heavy armor. I've been on the broom with you before. Well, we, yeah, you certainly can come with me, Mia. It, I, I, I don't mean to be rude, but it may slow me down a little bit. Denny? I, like, call for him to, like, jump out of the bag or something. Falzerin opens the bag of holding, reaches in, and um, tries to summon Denny. 
And Denny, Denny appears as eager as ever to have a rider. Falzer and climbs aboard. Uh, all right, Mia, let's let's go. Denny, follow that blue light, and I like point in the direction it's going. Okay, as a reminder, the two of you can certainly ride Denny, but that does mean Denny has a normal 30-foot fly speed. You don't benefit from the additional speed of the flying broom due to the the uh, heavily armored woman <laughs> with the with the wizard. We can still like dash though, so yep. So we would be able to travel faster than 30, but not as fast as Denny could travel. Um, I suppose as long as it doesn't look like this light is traveling like very quickly away from us, I'd be fine with this plan. But if I get the sense that we're l- losing ground on it, then maybe Falzern would reevaluate. So it does look like this, whatever this is, has already has a, a pretty good head start on you. And as, I mean, you can progress as fast as Denny, Denny can go. I'm not sure if you want to you know, go X number of, of feet, a few hundred feet to see if you are making ground on it before you turn back kind of thing. Yeah, I think Falzern's, Falzern would like to bring Mia along. So I think I would I would fly on Denny for a while to get a bit of a gauge for whether we're gaining on it or if it's putting distance between us despite our speed. Uh, why don't you, as you're traveling, make me a, uh, a perception check? Would taking off my armor help? Never take your armor off. It's a question worth asking. So taking off your armor would take five minutes to doff your armor. So let's say like we fly for five to ten minutes. I put my armor in his bag of holding. Would we go faster? I would say if you took your armor off, you would gain, you would have the full benefit of Denny's speed, yes. Okay, well, let's see what his perception is. <laughs> uh, 18. So you are just, like, the two of you, I imagine, just bent over, like, urging Denny to move as, as quickly as Denny can with I'm, with like, big spooning falls, right? Let's be right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Holding his waist. Right, exactly. <laughs> you got, like, uh, you know, the grasping your, your palms, Mia, like, around in front of falls, and Holding on tight, right? <laughs> yeah. You're moving, you know, several hundred feet, which is putting you... You know, moving southward to further closer to the city, right? You know, you get closer to the walls of the city, and the the airships themselves look like they're they're hovering like as low as they can to to the to the streets. And you can see people climbing aboard, and they're just shuttling people back and forth as quickly as possible. Do we get the idea that these searchlights are to find people and to get them aboard, like a search and rescue type situation? That does seem what it, what is going on. It's clear they're. They're not looking for any, anybody specific, but they just have them rotating as like this beacon for people to come towards them. And again, you, you do know that the generals sent off their own sending messages to the captains of both ships to initiate this evacuation, right? After you've got out of the Niyogi cave and, and the eruption had occurred. So that's clearly being taking place. And, and in addition to that, like people are just funneling out of the, the gate like this the easternmost gate of Drukal, of which you're kind of flying over and past now, like people are just fleeing the city based on what's what's looming northward of it, right? But it does not appear that you are gaining any ground on this kind of blue dot as it just continues to like recede into the darkness. It's like getting smaller and smaller, becoming more and more of a pinpoint as it does appear it is moving further away from you. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel like we're we're moving fast enough. Okay, well then, you either go alone, like, you draw me off right here, go alone, chase it down, let me know what you find, or I'm taking this armor off so that we can move faster, like, we c- come on, 
That blue is unmistakably linked to the armor. Like, we need answers. Mia starts, like, unbuckling her chest plate. I don't want to, I don't want to just drop you off in the middle of nowhere, Mia, I guess. Okay, keep flying. And when All I right. need your help, put a hand out and pull. I start trying to take my armor off. You can shove it into Fozzie's bag of holding, which I think is pretty, fairly empty. I mean, there's some books in there, and that's not too much. Yeah. You get back on Denny, and now obviously that light is, has made significant ground of you standing still for, for like the five, ten minutes, right? But utilizing Denny's full speed, it does seem that the, the, actually the kind of like pinpoint of light itself has lowered uh, closer to the ground. Previously, it, it for a time, it was a few hundred feet above the, the surface, right? Surface of the ground. It's now come back down and you can you can continue to pursue it. Now with Denny's full speed, you know, another, another 20, 30, a few hundred feet progress, right? As, as you're moving. And it seems that you've, 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 you're moving fast enough now where the light is no longer gaining on you, but you are not gaining on it. Mm. Really? So even with Denny's max speed, we're not catching up. Correct. It does appear that you're both now moving at approximately the same speed. Yeah, I, I don't know. We're certainly moving faster than we were before, but... What kind of magic do you have left? Let's get us there. We're not gaining on it. Now there, there's like closer to like six, seven, eight miles of distance here. Again, this is like a pinprick of blue against the black of the night, right? And at this point, you know, you've probably been flying for, for an hour, uh, an hour or two, and have made progress of, of, of 10 to 12 miles yourself here at Denny's um, with Denny's additional speed after doffing Mia's armor. You can choose to just continue like if you don't if you no longer want to go to the tower, which you are now uh, about three miles south of you've made, um, you know, you, you basically you've cut across the progress from from the slope of that peak almost between the tower and the city itself as you've pursued this light. So if you want to you know, continue to to chase the blue light. Obviously, you don't know how long it may or you may need to travel, but it's clear that it is going in the direction of Zexa in this southeastern eastern direction from from where you are. Okay, so it's it's kind of traveling toward where we had intended to go, anyway. That is correct. Falzern, what do you think? Do they need our help with the tower? Like we turn around? We're going the right direction for the cave, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it, it certainly seems that way. We, we also just sort of left Alamar on his own. Right. I mean, you brought him back from the dead. That's good enough, right? I don't know. Listen, Shakara's response said that they'd meet us at the caves. Like, maybe... I don't know what would be flying, but maybe that is the eyes we're seeing. I don't know how, if, if that's Shakara, how could she be traveling that fast and, and also above the ground? Doesn't make sense. I don't know, but that blue is unmistakable, like... I don't know, Mia. I, part of me thinks, yes, Alamar, he's he's lived many years, he's wise, he, he'll be able to look after himself, but he, he's also a Zelwick, and we know that the Zelwick line plays some part in this whole armor of Kalar. He, he might be useful. And also, we're we're not gaining on this thing. If it keeps going at this pace, we're never going to catch it. Our best hope is that it eventually stops, but it may... Who knows where it's going? I, I mean, I do get we can't go on forever. Unless Alamar knows where the scythe is, like, what kind of good is he going to do? Ugh. Well, I don't know, but 
he may know more than we know and and if we come across something that could relate to how this armor works how the eyes work he he may know a missing piece of information that we don't have i feel like pursuing this is is a little bit risky and i also i think it would be smart for us to keep alamar with us here give me your give me your bag of holding back and just turn around I start, like, reaching my arm in for my armor. So Falzern will sort of um, pull on Denny to get him to, whoa, 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 slow down, and then gently kind of turn him around and start heading back towards where we left Alamar. I'll put my armor on when I know we're, like, getting ten minutes away so that it's on in time, but not slowing us down any more than it needs to. Does that make sense? Uh, Okay, so then you kind of backtrack another hour here, and then, like, you can see basically the, the torchlight kind of on the flat, open deserty terrain here out of you know east of of the the Vorgrag mountains of like the the paladins moving towards towards the tower right and then obviously the lights set up at the tower itself and it seems that the you know the time you've spent kind of chasing this this pulsing blue light the surviving paladins from the Niyogi fight have made it to the tower now though you've witnessed like there's no longer any airship activity of, of the eva- evacuation and the lava flow is clearly visible now it's progressed to the base of of the mountains and is now like within five miles of of the northmost wall of of, of the true call oh my it, it's this is moving f- far more quickly than i expected we, we need to find alamar i mean we were gone a while maybe i'm sure the paladins have a plan let's go see what they're up to so you're able to basically find, kind of find the tail end of uh, even like if there's paladins and obviously there's it's kind of a mix of like clearly like Dracolians and then paladins like from the city that have now seen, you know, the lights and where the airships have been going to and from from Dracol to, to the tower. And that's essentially where you're following this trail of survivors or refugees almost from the city. There looks like there's like a sizable number of people here and... The tower itself is is quite far east from the mountains. I mean, at least from the three most, the three peaks that erupted anyways, three main peaks, as they are are, are more northwestern into the range itself. So it, it appears that the route in which the the lava flow is is, is, is taken, the tower itself and the, the immediate, you know, mile two or two mile radius around it does appear to be safe for now from the flow. So unless something drastic changes, this area is considered to be safe ground. Falzer, and I get why you want to see Almar, but I'm more worried about Samuel and what the plan is. Like, let's go talk to the generals first. Yeah, no, I, I'm not necessarily needing to find Almar immediately. I just wanted to make sure that he was safe. But he should have made it to the tower, and it looks like the tower is safe for the time being. So yes, yes, I agree. Let's see if we can find out more about what's going on with Samuel. Flying over the heads of the, the survivors, you, you do see that uh, in the evacuation of the new front line, there were a, a few, uh, you know, maybe a small, a small handful of kind of the canvas tents that have been pulled down and deconstructed uh, hastily and now to be put back up here, uh, which, you know, the majority of them are serving as like this triage center for, for the wounded. They're kind of clustered around the tower itself. so. Within the tower, its doors kind of, uh, you see actually his door has been smashed in from from something. Around the tower itself, there's still like the those, some constructs from Tinderman's constructs. The oaken bolters are still kind of suction cupped to the side of it and, and surrounding it. 
uh, as like this kind of overwatch. Alzarin! Miss Brightwood! And Thuftamar kind of comes scurrying out of, a, out of a crowd near the tower. They won't let me examine the armor. Oh, oh no, are, are, they, are they keeping a, a very tight perimeter on Samuel? The generals are making their own assumptions or examinations. I simply wanted to look. Uh, we'll, we'll get you in. Just yeah. give us a minute here. Where are they? Point, point is where to go. And yeah, he does kind of motion. Like, they're inside the base of the tower. As, again, as you approach, like, there's still the pulsing blue uh, being emitted from, from Samuel. So so you're kind of were drawn to this as you flew in, right? It's very clearless where Samuel is. Mia knows you have to be attuned to this cube, but it's like, I have a slot now that the shackles aren't attuned. I'll just put the cube in my hand to see if it helps me in any way when we go in there. Uh, you coming with me, Falzerin? Yes, yes, I, I I, think we need to try and convince them to let Alamar take a look. He, he might know something that we're missing. Do you think it'll take long, Alamar? I, I don't know what I'm looking for, Miss Brightwood. I'm only wondering if we are to retrieve the eyes, yes? I, I would love to. I, Shikara took them. Uh, uh, allegedly. Uh, allegedly, uh, yes. To be proven... Uh, there's been a lot going on. Elmar, here, and I, like, chuck him the cube. Oh, oh, what is this? Spend a little time getting to know it. Uh, see if it'll help you at all. It should protect you from any effects of the blue light, you know, like the towers did. They needed these to protect them. I mean, he, yeah, he can take an hour to tune if that's what you want him to do. He can start while we go try to talk. I, I mean, I think I should leave it up to him whether he feels like it's worth risking or not, but... It's worth starting the process, I guess. Falzerin will, uh, Falzerin's also going to go in, um, even though he doesn't have any protection from a cube. And as you enter, his personal guard are still there, and, you know, like, the first reaction, of course, is, like, Killa kind of steps in front of the door to halt whoever these, you know, the new people coming in, and then, of course, sees, yeah, sees that it's the two yeah, of yeah. you, and will just kind of let you walk in, kind of signal to the generals. And in the base of this tower... To keep everybody safe, it seems they've they've made this almost it's basically like a suspended hammock where they have Samuel laying as comfortable as they can make him at least, 20 feet above the ground. So it's just so everybody's out of the effect of his armor. And any change to his condition or the way he looks, or does he just basically look the same as last time we saw him? It uh, appears that there's been no change. Hey, hey, Killa, or K. Guys, um, that little goblin out there, he's, he's really a powerful wizard from Heraklion, long story. Part of the Zelwick line, descendants that ban Dendar, and like, uh, there's a history with the armor, like, can we have him come take a look? Please? I'll, I'll vouch for him. His ancestors were a part of history of this armor. I, I wonder if he may be able to see something that all of us are missing. I think it it's worth a shot to let him come take a look. Killike kind of like looks past the two of you, right, to, to this little goblin, and then just waves Thufnamar in. 
and you see that like the generals are, or the three of them are like conferring with each other, and it seems like mostly it, it, it's Ventrier that's doing the majority of the talking, and she's just predominantly speaking about, you know, what exactly to do with Samuel now. Stellis is more of the opinion of of like, look, we need to take action with the troops. We need to either put someone you know in charge for the interim or like move back down to Samuel's keep kind of thing like win or lose the fight is over is essentially the conversation that's going on win and and lose sort of <laughs> like right a little bit of both all right so Falzern will sort of interject um maybe it's not my place but uh I think it would be beneficial for the forces to to stay around here and and help with any of the aftermath that that may yet to happen it's possible that there are still enemies still neogi that weren't able to escape with the rest of them and also weren't killed and also just helping uh, this drukal is, is potentially going to be chaos over the next several days i think having the soldiers here it, it, it could be beneficial Ventrier, you know response i agree should remain here until we can revive Samuel and get the orders from our general. Well, Alamar, what do you think? Here he is. This is this is how he's been for some time now. He's not getting any better. He's not getting any worse. He's just stuck in this sort of state of suspended being. Well, let me take a look. Paulsren. And he'll kind of climb. You know, there's kind of a ladder up to be able to reach Samuel. As he climbs, he's subjected to the blue light, so he does have to make a constitution saving throw. It is a DC 18, as the cube, not being attuned to it, is not aiding in that. Wow, he I rolled an 18 on the die, so he definitely just passes. <laughs> so he avoids that level of exhaustion. But like, again, as, as he's climbing, like he almost falters mid-rung. Uh, as he you know enters the blue light and kind of shakes it off and he's tentatively probing pieces of of the armor and you see he's actually paying particular attention to the the sections the the scaled section the blue parts that kind of you know as you watched it being put together and assembled like that had formed and connected all like where the joints would be all this interconnected pieces to the the gauntlets and the the, the chest plate, the helm and the boots. He, you know, takes about five minutes or so, climbs back down. There's nothing I can do. And he kind of sure? exits the tower. I I chase after him. Uh, what do you What do you mean? Are Did you see something wrong? Why are you leaving so suddenly? I'm powerless here, Miss Brightwood. What What do you mean? I. Zelwick blood, it seems clearly no longer flows through this form. What what were you gonna what would Zelwick blood be able to do? Play my lines part in all of this. I'm not sure that I can do that anymore. So you like physically need blood to do this? Zelwick blood, the, my lineage. You got any cousins? Aunts, uncles? I am... I was the last of the Zelwicks. 
no, no kids, maybe? He just shakes his head. What do you know of what's happening and, and what needs to be done? Can you give us any more information? Perhaps, perhaps there's another way. I have nothing, Falzerin. And he, again, continues exiting the tower. It's so frustrating. He says it's it got to be his bloodline, but then he doesn't say what his bloodline could do. Like, <sighs> okay. Although the tower's safe, Falzerin, like, Shakara replied, like, they'll do their best to meet us at the cave. So, how long do we wait? I was really hoping that Alamar might be able to do something for Samuel, but uh, it doesn't... Without that being an option, I'm not really sure why we would wait here. I think our next best step is to meet with Shakar, and, and perhaps she does have one or more of the eyes of Dendar, and maybe they are a missing piece of this puzzle. It's going to be a lot of telling stories and getting her to trust us, I guess. I I, I don't know what to do. I, I know I'm exhausted. Do we wait? Do we keep... We, we got to keep going, right? I think the next best thing we can do is meet Shakara and hopefully Shaft is with her. She said we. Come on. Hold out hope. Yes, 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 I hope so. I do miss being with him, if I'm being honest. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe Shakara is a missing piece of this puzzle. What, you th- do you think she has, like, Zelwick blood? Well, no, I just... She has some connection to Dendar, and we know that the eyes of Dendar has something to do with the armor. I don't know. I- I- I'm out of ideas, Mia. I just... If Almar's not an option, I, I think Shakara's the next best. Uh, okay, just real quick, I want to assess the situation. Mia wants to go to the top of the tower and just, like, perceive all that's going on, ensure that it seems safe from the lava right now, sort of before leaving. You just want to get, like, a read on the situation from above. As you ascend the 100-foot tower, this stairs, of course, is encir- encircles the inner perimeter of it, right, as you're moving up in this spiral. And you you see the, the that you've seen before the, the number of, like, arcane symbols that... Uh, have been carved into the stone. When you get to the very top, you see that one has been, it's like as if someone has taken a weapon to it, has been slashed right through, and like the the rock itself is like severing this sigil in, in half. But you get to the top, you see this, you know, this uh, knocked over kind of tripod looking apparatus. It's like a three legs that kind of meet at the top. The top of it is like this little it's like a cup where where something would rest or sit in, and you can peer westward. Still, the the glow, the red glow of the lava is like, it's like almost as if it's it, it's daytime. It's so bright. By now, it is it's clear that it will overtake this entirety of Drukal. Like for as far as you can see, this flow is enormous coming out of the mountains. But it does look like there's about a four-mile distance or so you could roughly judge from, you know, the the outer perimeter of this tower to the flow itself and to the city. So for the time, again, it seems as if you are, like, you're east of the flow. You're far, far enough east of the flow that you're not in its path any longer. I know it's dark out, but, like, can I see people fleeing towards the tower still? Or is it, like, pretty empty you know, field. Uh, you can make a perception. 
15. It does seem the the flow of people like you had witnessed as you as you were flying in on Denny. It's still happening, and but it seems like it's kind of slowing down to more more of a trickle. Uh, maybe you're to use me as an to use your analogy, Lenny. You're seeing the last it's pops the of the kernel. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was gonna come back. Okay. Um, can I examine this tripod thing? Like, would Mia know what was in the cup or what was what was going on with that? Uh, yeah, you can give me a you roll me a history actually. Falzerin, get up. Get up here, I need you. Um, I got a 16 for the tripod history. Uh, you, I believe you have seen, you and Shakara saw a sketch of this in Tinnerman's workshop on Heraklion. Mm. And it was kind of one of the numerous sketches in amidst the, you know, the drawings of some of his constructs. Like it's his, you know, Tinnerman's toy soldiers and of course the, the iron cobras, etc. That you, you kind of found in his shop. Okay, so some sort of mechanism. I'm going to look at the rune. Falzern will also take a closer look at this rune. Sure, Falzern, why don't you give me a history as well? Wasn't really a battle in the tower at any point, so this is strange. Can I tell if it was a sword versus an axe or things like that? The slash? You can give me an investigation. Uh, 26. Okay, so Falzern, you recall uh, pretty distinctly a conversation that you and Dreg had at the base of this tower before it, before the rest of the Paladin forces and before it had even become a front line, but back uh, when you had helped Silas defend it against an onslaught of Niyogi and Chimera, etc. Dreg had spoken of this being kind of a bastardization of a similar kind of set of uh, arcane sigils that he used on the safety shell. That it was this an ampli- to amplify the effects of something, and that's similar. Like all all of the 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 same symbols are kind of inside of this tower the whole way down, right? It's all all the same, or slight variations of of, of that symbol. Mia, what was your investigation? Uh, Nineteen. Clearly, it's done by some type of slashing weapon. Yeah, you're just kind of looking at the width width of this of the slashes, and it's more of a less of a a like a sword length, but more maybe of uh, something with like a curve to the blade of it. Uh, I mean, Falzer, and this was intentional, right? No, there was no like battle up here at the top of the tower. Oh, I, I can't say for certain, but... Would slashing it, you know, like ruin it? Uh, roll me an arcana. Wow, this die is on fire tonight. That's a nat 20 for 27. It's very clear to Falzer that the intent of this was to disrupt the power of the rune itself. Bisecting this this symbol of power essentially made it inactive or, or ineffective or, or broke this continuity of the sigil itself to, to disrupt whatever its purpose is. And does this rune in particular seem like seem like there's any significance to this particular rune or is it just like um, it was one that was picked out that, you know what I mean? that would interrupt things like is it like a central rune that seems to have more significance than the others i'd say probably the only real significance to it is again they're all like near identical the only significance is it's the last one before you exit to the top very right, top of the, the tower. closest to the exit yeah okay. the closest okay. to the top okay something curved slashed at this this is I, does the tower need it now, though, I, I don't know. My assumption would, by the looks of it, I think 
whoever did this was was attempting to sabotage the tower's power, its effects. It's hard to say for sure, but it, it sort of seems that way. This lava is not looking good. Drukal uh, no. is in danger. I just really hope they got out of there in time. This is this is not great, but unless you want to rest here tonight, we just we gotta get to the cave. Uh, we gotta get back together with them. I feel like there's information we're missing. I don't think there's much that we can do here to help Drukal. At the very least, that's where Shakara will be, and maybe the eyes can do something to help Samuel. These paladins are lost without him, eh? They don't want to follow anyone else's orders. Yes, well, he, he is their, what, their general, I suppose? What What is Samuel's title? You've heard probably numerous paladins refer to him as, like, a commander or a general. Commander-in-chief. Or, or a yeah, chief, yeah. exactly. Like, it doesn't seem like, he's never introduced or... or spoken to, uh, to uh, of himself as having a specific title or anything like that. So it seems like it's more like colloquial terms used amongst the paladins themselves. Maybe, you know, a certain, certain number of them may use the word commander or, or whatever, but no specific title. I'll shoot, I'll shoot it to you straight, Falzerin. I feel like there's been a win with a Niyogi. I feel like I've done what I wanted to do but there's so many of them left. There's so many repercussions to deal with. Samuel's the first priority. Just sort that out. And then secondly, I want to go home. I need to make sure my family's safe. So the sooner we meet up with them and get the eyes and figure this out, the better. I certainly can understand you feeling that way, Mia. I think that's very fair. Uh, I agree. I'm, I'm, like you, also tired, but I'm certainly able to keep pushing forward and traveling to to try and make it to meet Shakara and Shaft, if you'd like to do that. Like, how long ago is our last rest? Are we going to be exhausting ourselves to get there? So you've probably got about another six or so hours where you would have to make a constitution save throw uh, because you've been awake for more than 24 hours. Yeah. It is only a DC 10. My gut's telling me to just push through it, Falzerin, but I know it's probably safest to rest here instead of the middle of the wild. Yes, yes, it probably is so you're you're about 35 ish miles or so uh which at a fast pace you can cover almost the entire distance in eight hours do i know if there's any horses around the tower that we could take you haven't seen anything like that yeah i didn't think so well mia i'm i'm willing to push myself Uh, i know that we both need the rest but i think this is pressing who knows what another 24 hours might do to Samuel if he remains in this state. And just us, right? We don't need Alamar. Uh, I, I don't know. He, I think he, he may know things or, or or may recognize things if that we might not piece together. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think he may be valuable. Okay, all right. He's your responsibility. Well, I... I think he can more or less look after himself, but sure, if you insist. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go find him and see if I can convince him to come along. And Faldron will start to descend down the tower and head out to find where Almar uh, walked off to. I'll follow. I, I don't know anything about runes or trying to mess with it right now. So, um, well, Mia, what would you? Are you gonna want to bring Bron with you? You know, Bron has been you know aiding with some of the the triage center and 
just accepting people in and doing again doing what he can to help those that are the injured from the fight or uh, injured from fleeing the city, uh, etc. So that's kind of what he's off been doing. I'll go try to find him, um, and if I find him, I would I would ask him, Bron, do you want to come with Falzern and I? We're gonna try to meet up with Shakara and Shafts. We need to sort out if she has the eyes and if we can help Samuel, maybe. I, I know you're being useful here, though, so it's a, it's up to you. And you see is you know, this kind of this glow f- um, being emitted from his hands as he's magically stitching up wounds of, of you know, again, doing doing whatever he can. And he kind of gives this person a, a pat on the shoulder as they seem to rest a little easier after receiving some of his, his healing magic. Sister, I, what I really want to do is return to Beric. <sighs> he looks off towards the glow, right? The red-orange glow. Which, by the looks of it, is going to take a little longer than it normally might. If I can convince some paladins to, to come with me to Beric, perhaps we can do something for our, our, our home. I mean, thankfully Beric's tucked behind the little lake there from the mountains, but it, yeah, I... Travel's going to be treacherous. I just... Between Samuel and family, what, what, what do I do? I don't mean to pull you from what you feel you have to do, sister. I, I, I've just perhaps this is where we part. For now. Part for now, right? Of course. Just like a see you later. Yeah. There's few of us with the information I have about the armor so I just, I'll, I'll see you later. I, I will meet you back at home. Please take care of mom and dad. I look forward to seeing them and being reunited with, with all of us. I go up and give them a hug. And of course, he'll he'll return the gesture. A little zap with my, <laughs> with my armor. <laughs> Just for good luck. Um, and I'll go find Falzern. Falzern, you uh, are, are able to, to find uh, Thuftamar after, you know, about five or so minutes of, of searching. And you find him off kind of on, on his own. He's got his stick that he had picked up, you know, which was uh, Thuf the Younger's stick that he pulled to use as his cane. And it seems like he's just kind of making circles in, in the dirt with it. Almar, I, 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 I can't help but notice you. Are you, are you upset with your current situation, not in your own body? Falzer and I, I think you should have left me in that wall. I can do nothing. In this form, I thought it would be great. A second chance, but... How can I return to Heraklion like this? Well, Alamar, a wise man once told me not to judge a book by its cover. And I very much enjoy books. I, I think appearances are often overrated. You're, you're still Alamar. You still have your knowledge, your memories... You can do great things, regardless of the shape and form that you occupy. I'm sorry, Falzerin, for the way I treated you on Heraklion all those years. I only saw potential in you, and I... I was incorrect 
in the ways I chose to foster it. You know, Elmer, I, I think deep down, I, a part of me knew that all along. But, but, but thank you for saying that. I believe you can help our home more than I presently could. Well, Alamar, perhaps there's a place for both of us to help rebuild Heracleon. I, I, I certainly would hope so. It's, it's my home. It's, it's the place that I love. As do you, I, I'm quite sure. But, but Alamar, I, I think we still have work to do before we get back there. And Mia and I would very much appreciate it if you would lend us your knowledge and your expertise you you may be of some use yet in in solving this this conundrum that we're in we plan to go to meet shakara and i believe she's with shaft and i suspect she may have the eyes of dendar i i, I don't know i don't know but they may be the missing piece of this puzzle to figure out what's wrong with the arm of Kalar, and, and maybe you'll have some information, or you'll be able to—I—I I, I don't know. I, I just feel like it—it it would be good to have you along. I appreciate your confidence in me, Falzarin. I will help you in whatever way that I can. If those eyes are used to summon Dendar without the functioning armor, I do not know how we could win against the Serpent Mother. Yes, I, I agree. I think not just Heracleon, all, all of Aspara would be doomed. I think we, we must do anything we can to prevent that. Uh, I can't believe that that is what Shakara's intent is, but uh, I, I, I'm, I will admit I'm not quite sure what she's doing and what, what her plan is, but nonetheless, she, she's responded to us and said that she's going to meet us near Zexa, so I, I think that's where we need to go next. He'll kind of, like, urgently, he'll, like, takes a hold of your hand in his, his little goblin, goblin mitts. If her intention is to release Dendar, Falzrin, you must stop her at all costs. Whatever it takes, you have to be willing to kill her, if it comes to that. Uh, Almar, it's, it's, it's not going to come to that. She, I, I don't think she wants to do that, and, and if for some reason she does, I can reason with her. Let, let's not think on these things right now. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Just be prepared for this outcome. Falzerin sort of uh, breaks eye contact and, and sort of looks away off into the distance for a moment. I, 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 will, I will do what I have to do, Alamar. But it, it's not going to come to that. And he releases your hand and Mia joins the two of you. Did, were you, were you guys holding hands? Did I, did I? Holy? No, no. Briefly. Oh, okay. All right. Um. It was a it was a handshake. We were making a deal. Oh. 
For what? It's uh, it, it's tradition on Heracleon. When you uh, agree to set off on a journey together, you shake hands first. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Uh, uh, Mia, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should get off. I, I don't think we should waste any more time. Bronn's not coming with us, so. What? What is? What is his plan? What is? Bronn's Bronn's gonna help out here, but he's gonna go check on the family. I can't blame him. I torn myself, but I, I just can't think about it. Let's go. We're we're gonna go tonight. I think we should. I I think time is wasting it. As tired as I am, I, I say we push on. Alamar, are you ready? Yes. And he has, you know, retrieved his cane, has kind of a firm grip on it. Let's go. Ah, that's a good stick. It is a very, a very good stick. I called it. I knew it. Duff loved that stick. That's it. End of the show. Thanks for listening. But before you go, I got a couple of things I want to tell you about. Uh, you can find the Encourageable Party all over the interwebs. You can just go to EncourageableParty.com and you can find all the links there. While you're there, check out the Patreon. There's some really cool stuff you could do with the Patreon, like give inspiration to Shaft. Or you can waste it and give it to one of those other mooks. Even worse, you could give it to Leland. Also, you can get access to mini campaigns and other cool stuff that we do. You're automatically entered into all contests. I mean, it's, it's really a great deal. Uh, the Encourageable Party is sponsored by Critical Hit Design. All ambient sounds and music provided by TabletopAudio.com. Intro and outro music is by Josh Jarvis, and you can email him at jamesmercymusic at gmail.com if you need any music stuff. Okay, that's it. Now you can go. Happy adventuring! This has been a Sounds of Steel production.